Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, everyone. I am so Truly thrilled and honored to have one of my heroes on today, Dotsie Bausch, vegan Olympian, a woman who has also launched a crusade to wake people up to the very, very simple fact that we're not cows and dairy was not designed for humans. Take it away, Dotsie. The Tokyo Olympics are on the horizon. What is your message to Olympic athletes, consumers, and the world? The dairy does not do a body good. (laughs) Dairy makes us sick, uncomfortable, and unable to breathe right. Uh, Goodness gracious. I mean, just to start with, uh, from a dietary racism standpoint, uh, nearly 70% of the global population cannot even digest this fluid that's made for baby cows specifically to grow the little tiny beauties into 2,000 pound cows. So uh, that right there is, is something that we, we want to you know make sure everyone's aware of. Also, dairy just surpassed uh, everything, including nuts, as the number one allergy in children under 16. So if, if, uh, if your little guy or little girl is waking up all stuffy nosed, coughing, congested, maybe take the dairy out <laughs> and uh, see if it helps. Absolutely. Now, of course, the Tokyo Olympics are on upon us almost. And um, it's a very odd Olympics because uh, people aren't going to be in the stands cheering because of what's happening globally. Um, do you have a message for the Olympic athletes and uh, how traditionally has the games have the games been used to promote dairy um what's the status there well so the the milk pet board is the title sponsor of the united states olympic committee and that has been a 10-year run uh we are uh currently uh, trying to help to replace that sponsorship uh, with uh, a variety of plant based brands, which I can't talk too, too much about, but the, that, that hope is, is alive and happening. Um, so because of that sponsorship over the years, including the years that I was training and, and at the U.S. Olympic Training Centers in Colorado Springs and Chula Vista, you just have, uh, well, typical marketing at, at its best where dairy was really um, highlighted and pushed on athletes as, you know, the premium fluid that you would repair and recover with. So, uh, you know, just as uh, tobacco did uh, back in the day, to me, dairy is the new tobacco. It has just as many deleterious effects to the human body. And then, you know, we laugh now uh, that, you know, anybody would be advertising tobacco. But back in the day, you know, there were ads with doctors smoking cigarettes. So you see some ads with athletes drinking milk. uh, But you know, fast forward to 20, 20, 30 years, hopefully less than that, we're going to be getting a, a good chuckle at the ridiculousness of that. So why is it that it's clear to me, it's clear to you, the information is out there and yet crickets um, in terms of a widespread acknowledgement of this issue with dairy? We yeah. know we're not cows. We know right. that um, there are 
a lot of hormones when pregnancy is involved. So right. we know that um, most of the antibiotics are fed to farmed animals that are produced. That includes dairy cows. We know that um, dairy cows contain cholesterol, whereas oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, rice milk, all the other plant-based milks do not contain cholesterol. Why mm -hmm. is it that there is, seems to be sort of a, a we punch holes through the wall of denial, but yeah. there, there is no widespread acknowledgement that, hey, uh, there's all these alternatives that are so much better for you. Yeah, well, you know what? Let me give you just a little bit of hope uh, because it's, 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 not, it's, it's no longer are the days when it's being completely ignored. Um, we did a pretty uh, lengthy, well, two, three-month campaign uh, focused on the U.S. Olympic Committee, uh, nine Olympians sent a letter and, and asked for an investigation of their uh, title sponsor, uh, the, the dairy industry. And uh, long story short, at the at the end of that campaign, we did have a conversation with um, the director of racial and social injustice at the United States Olympic Committee, a very open, wonderful, kind man uh, named Bahati Van Pelt, and. About three weeks ago, uh, I got to do a Zoom with him and with fabulous Dr. Milton Mills, as you know, mm -hmm. and we were able to just sit for a longer than an hour and let him just ask all the questions that he had based off of all of the evidence and science that we had sent him because he had, he had quite a bit at this point. He took it all in. He asked great questions. He was curious. Uh, and so he is taking all of our information to his team. Uh, as you can imagine right now, it's a little crazy at the U.S. Olympic Committee with Tokyo on the horizon, um, but we'll be circling back with him afterwards. This is also in conjunction with us um, working on the possibility of, of replacing, uh, replacing that sponsorship. And then in other news, the International Olympic Committee uh, currently has us working on a toolkit or playbook, if you will, for all of the coaches and trainers and dietitians of all of the 206 Olympic committees from around the world um, to teach plant-based nutrition, to teach vegan nutrition. So it's not, I don't think it's falling on deaf, deaf ears anymore. I mean, there, there's, there's some big movement, um, but Will dairy stop? No, they're gonna they're gonna go down screaming and, and and beating the walls down. Right? They have ninety one million dollars a year to spend in marketing. They still uh, exploit athletes. I just saw a commercial yesterday. I, a, a thousand people must have sent it to me. It's a previous teammate of mine, and she was is sponsored by the Idaho uh, Dairy Council, and it was a commercial uh, with her. And I, you know, it's I had to I had to chuckle because. The, the dairy marketing lady was was in the you know commercial saying yeah, you know dairy's it's yeah. so wholesome and she's so wholesome it's just a great connection you know and I thought yeah. what does that even mean you know like, what do you what is and, wholesome and what are you saying hey to say that uh, that's the difference I mean we do this because we're trying to save uh, our health save other people's health we've got some callers so yeah uh, let's run through them. Uh, Annie, your question or thought for the amazing vegan Olympian, Doxy Bausch. Oh, um, hi, I'm Annie. Um, I'm so proud of you all. Uh, thank you for proving to people how amazing, strong, and healthy you are. Um, and, and really unwinding this, this nonsense that people have the rhetoric, oh, you can't have the right energy and protein. 
Um, yeah. The um, what are, are the chances to break into, uh, of course, the the um, social not social media but regular TV to start doing commercials there, and then to say the vegan athletes. You know, what, what are the options chances of you doing that? And uh, oh Wait. my gosh, you guys, you met Dr. Milton Mill. I love them all. Amazing, amazing doctor. Annie, that's so, a great question. How do you get into mainstream media? We're all over social media. Switch for Good, your organization, is doing gangbusters. But it's very, it's very hard to counteract when you've got billion-dollar advertising campaigns that promote dairy. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's already been done. And we ran a uh, three PSAs on NBC last summer for about four months uh, in front of uh, 35 million people. And you can just go to switchforgood.org and, and, or our YouTube channel and see the PSA. So they were the top athletes in the world, uh, you know, vegan, dairy-free athletes saying, hey, you know, we don't, we don't need cow's milk to, to win medals and, and prove performances. So it's happening. All right. We've got another caller, Donnie. Donnie, your question or thought for Doxie Bausch. Hi, Doxie. When, when you speak one-on-one to Olympic athletes or other athletes, what do they say about their own experience cutting dairy from their diet? I mean, do, do professional athletes like you know the truth, um, or have some of them been fooled by you know dairy industry cl- claims about nutrition? Yeah, well, I mean, we were all fooled, including me, for 35 years. So, you know, I mean, it just, you, the, the marketing works, right? Their marketing works. It, it, it seeds in your um, subconscious uh, and you think you not only should have it, but that you need to have it. Like this is literally the, the premium recovery, you know, fluid in all forms, right? Milk and yogurt and, and, and cheese and cottage cheese. I used to eat cottage cheese, which is just so disgusting to think about what that actually is. Um, but what the athletes say who, who drop dairy, uh, you know, I, they're just so much more open now to, to giving it a try, right? They, they, they've heard that maybe there'll be less bloat, less indigestion, less gastrointestinal stress, easier breathing, less mucus. You know, they hear that possibility and they're willing to give it a try for, you know, two weeks or something. And every single one that I've talked to that has done that, um, those are the main uh, experiences they're having, the opposite of what I just said. So, you know, less bloat, no gastrointestinal distress, easier um, to get back to to training and workouts. So, so, you know, eating whole plant foods in between training sessions and, and not you know, heavy animal foods or, or dairy foods that, that mess with our digestion and, and mess with our air, are <laughs> they breathing, right? Which is, I don't need to tell you how important it is to be able to take a good deep breath um, as, you're, as you're training hard as an athlete. So those are the main things that, that they notice is that just open air way, easy breathing, less music, let, um, mucus and less gastrointestinal distress or none, you know, none at all. And, and that, it, then, then they don't need to be convinced because they've convinced themselves. I mean, those things right there are going to help you to not only recover faster, but be able to train harder, which is going to obviously increase your performance. Wow. So uh, you're saying essentially that there is almost a tipping point that we are reaching of awareness. Somebody said this to me the other day and it was like, because we all talk about the tipping point, the tipping point of everybody switching. But the first tipping point that has to be reached is the tipping point of awareness where um, we all become aware that oh, this isn't necessary. Oh, there are these great alternatives. Oh, I've been sold a bill of goods. 
oh, then the action follows that. And I do feel now uh, with the fact that the the dairy-free sector of the supermarket space is the fastest growing yeah. uh, sector in all of food um, because vegan uh, products are growing exponentially. They're skyrocketing in terms of not just sales, but new IPOs. But within the vegan food space, dairy, the dairy-free sector, the plant-based milk sector is the most successful according to what I've heard. In other words, people are making that adoption more quickly than let's mm -hmm. say uh, switching from um, fish to uh, fishless right. fish. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I think it just goes back to what we are saying is, is from my experience, and I've obviously taken all animal products out of my diet and animals, um, but you will notice notice the quickest change in your body and how you're feeling from taking out the dairy. So I think that's what's happened. And and a fluid milk cells have plummeted over the last five years um, with with plant based milks rising, you know, twenty percent year over year. What what the problem is, is, is cheese sales have gone up, right? Which we know Jane is just condensed milk, right? So it actually takes more milk from the cow to make a block of cheese than it does, you know, a gallon of milk. So we have to get the message all the way across the board. People do love their cheese, but um, like you said, in the plant-based section of the grocery stores, there are some unbelievable cheeses popping up. And I think that was the last frontier, right? Like we had great plant-based milks. We have had great plant-based milks for a long time, but it's, it's taken, you know, qu quite, a, quite a few years for, for cheese to kind of get up to speed, but, but, oh my gosh, right. We have, we have the, the, the gorgeous cheese from Miyoko and we have Kite Hill and we have Srimu uh, that you can order. That's like d delectable. So it, everything from high end cheeses and to just your slices on your grilled cheese. Sure. Violife, uh, yeah, like follow Violife. your heart day. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on yeah. and it, you know, it's so interesting because People say, well, I could never give up cheese. And you don't have to give up cheese. All you have to do is have cheese that is plant-based. And now they're all over the place. In every mainstream supermarket, you can pick yeah. up plant-based cheese. So really, there, there's no excuse there. And of course, it's zero cholesterol, which is also important. Um, right, and zero trans fats. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The connection that advertisers make between dairy and femininity is very strong. They use mm -hmm. subliminal advertising to connect meat with masculinity mm -hmm. and yeah. they use subliminal advertising to connect dairy with femininity. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because we know that in um, sort of the advertising world, they know how to, elicit certain emotions. I mean, they can connect these products with anything mm -hmm. they want to. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. science slash art, you know, with patriotism, upward mobility, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, family values, all sorts of things that have nothing to do with the product, but no. they're very good at that kind of manipulation. Well, what are your thoughts um, for those women who feel, well, I'm healthy, I'm doing yoga, therefore I should have I should have yogurt, uh, I should have cottage cheese, that those are the things that they're really trying to marry. They're trying to marry this. Even doctors yeah. who are not educated promote that. 
Yeah, I think it's, I think the most important thing is to look uh, at why you want yogurt. Like, what are you trying to get from it, right? You're not like, oh, I just really want cow's breast milk. I just know it's better. It makes me strong. No, you're looking for very uh, specific attributes, right? You're probably looking for probiotics. You're probably looking for calcium. You're probably looking for vitamin D that is fortified in, in cow's milk as well as it is plant milk. Um, so you, I think it's, it's important to look at what you need. That's what I did when I switched over. It's like, what, what am I getting from this uh, that I need? And then understanding all of the, you know, gnarly side effects that you're now being able to take out, which is a beautiful thing, right? Everything from the, from the allergies to the intolerance to uh, it's continual link to prostate cancer and breast cancer uh, to how bad it is for the planet. Uh, the, the, the list is endless. So look at what you want to what you want. So you mentioned some products. Um, uh, Forager uh, has an incredible amount um, and they're, they're very good at explaining um, exactly their process for, for probiotics in their yogurt, right? Like you, 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 don't want to, you don't want to heat the probiotic and some do, uh, but they do not. So, so look into that. There's all the plant-based yogurts have probiotics um, and some at a very high level. And then there's calcium in there. There's fortified, fortified with D, um, vitamin D. And if you really just want, you know, the most calcium, have some tahini, have some sesame seeds on your salad. That is much higher calcium uh, per amount than dairy. So, you know, you, see you can get it anywhere else. Of where to get calcium that you just mentioned, because I wasn't aware that, for example, tahini is very high in calcium. I'd love to get that list uh, and uh, promote that. Like you want calcium here. There's, there's a million ways to get it. Um, we've got a caller, Sarah, your question or thought for Dotsie. Hi, Dotsie. Um, I'm really happy that you're the guest. I wanted to find out if anything is going on with the Olympics. I saw that you had on your website, eat like, learn how to eat like a, like a Olympian. Would you be having some type of a challenge for the athletes at Olympic Village in Tokyo, seeing as they've got a big thing going on with the variant and they're having to close down no, no uh, tourists? to see the games, what's going to go on with the Olympics and trying to get people to realize the connection? Is that something that you might want to do? Well, I, I, I've had to cancel my trip twice. We not, I'm not allowed to go, right? They're, they're, they're not, nobody's able to, to go. There's no spectators there. So I can't run around the Olympic Village and, and wave my flag with my signs. <laughs> but but um, so we're, we're running an educational campaign with a, uh, alongside some, some, some really well-known uh, vegan and, and, and dairy-free Olympians, both present that are competing in Tokyo and past uh, to, to, to help people to see how they eat and understand how to eat like an Olympian and understand the nutrients and the value of the nutrients. And we're doing it like a challenge with the bingo board. So it's, it's basically from opening to close these ceremonies. So, so we're just doing it to just try to, you know, lighten things up and have fun because it's, you know, it's, it's been tough, obviously for, for the athletes dealing with all of last year and, and this year with the pandemic, even, you know, knowing if they're going to be able to compete or not. So, so that's what we're doing. But like I mentioned before, we're working really hard, um, you know, mostly behind closed doors with the USOC and the IOC. Um, and that's where I, I see the real systemic change happening. Wow. And what's so ironic about all this is that, look, there's debates about what caused the pandemic. Um, the, the general consensus is the most likely 
uh, scenario is that it jumped from animals to humans and popped up uh, in uh, a wet market. But even yeah. if it started in a lab, that's where animals are experimented on. It, they would they would do work on bats. They collected bats. So either way, one of the things people aren't really discussing is that either way, it likely has its origins in our toxic relationship with animals. And so here we are. I was reading that the postponement of the Olympics has cost billions, billions of dollars, billions of dollars. And now we have this new Olympic happening, but it's a very slimmed down Olympic because they can't have people, all the pageantry and all the things like uh, we, that's what I remember when I see Olympics. I, I remember the big parade with everybody cheering and screaming and the torch. And so I guess that none of that's going to happen. And, uh, and there is a solution. And I was, I was just reading yesterday about how billions are going to be spent to prevent the next pandemic, but there's no reference to the best way to prevent the next pandemic would, would be for our global culture to transition to plant-based because the swine flu, mad cow disease, yeah. avian flu, which yeah. they're cropping up. Avian flu has been spotted in China. Uh, swine flu has been spotted in China. And it's not just China. I mean, these are threats, global threats. It could pop yeah. up anywhere. Yeah. So is when you talk to these international um, organizations uh, considering the billions that have been lost and the billions that are going to have to be spent. Yeah. Uh, is there any understanding? I mean, I've, I've been hearing some true, yeah. uh, what you'd call the best and the brightest, uh, talking about how they've been all been brought together to prevent the next pandemic and not a peep about the obvious connection between our toxic relationship with animals. Yeah, you know, I think the just like the best and the brightest along with with some of the major organizations and corporations is we're still living in a time where they see uh, animals as essential food. That that's that's the problem. That's the difference, right? When you and I changed, Jane, and I mean that's where the, the animal rights part comes in because suddenly this is no longer food to us. We go through the grocery store. We don't walk even walk by. It's not food. Our friends are not food. So I, that's what has to be changed. Because when I do talk, let's say to to the IOC, you know, they, they'll they say what you hear all the time. You know, not everyone wants to change their plate. So we just, you know, we can't we can't be preaching like this has to be just for the you know. And it's 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 we hear that all the time. And I think that we have to to continue to work on changing that. That's not food. Right. That's not food for humans. It doesn't have to be food for humans. It's food for some humans now. Right. But it doesn't have to be. And you can uh, thrive and be well and have energy and, and everything that we've talked about on a whole food plant based regimen. That's just all there is to it. So it's a massive mind shift that we're asking. Um, but, but I, I think it's possible and we're seeing people change and we're seeing people thrive and we're seeing people believe that, Oh, wow. Yeah, this is true. I can thrive without animals in my diet. So the game changers, you were one of the stars of the game changers, a hit movie that brought together many, many athletes who are plant-based, including football players. And, yeah. uh, 
I remember <laughs> your line, I believe, because I always quote it, I became a machine when I went yeah. dairy free. Uh, and uh, we see a lot of imagery of you bicycling intensely. It makes me exhausted just to look at you. <laughs> me <like>, too. <laughs> um, uh, how did the Game Changers change the game? Uh, I remember when it came out, uh, there was a lot of fanfare and uh, it was thrilling to go into a packed mm -hmm. audience of a theater and watch it. How did it change? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it is the most watched documentary on iTunes and Netflix is not great about, well, they just won't give the data, but um, it, it, uh, it, it appears and seems from, from, from what I know from the director and such that it, it is right up there in the top three documentaries of all time on Netflix as, as well. So we know uh, that hundreds of millions of people have seen it, if that data is correct. Uh, so it's, you know, what the, it, it, you know, just really, just really opened up people's minds to that it's possible and that animals don't have to be food. You know what I mean? I think that was the main yeah. message like, Oh, okay. You know, we've got some science and data. We've got lots of anecdotal stories from athletes that are pushing their body to the brink. Right. And still thriving and still recovering and still performing on plant food. So, Hey, maybe I, I can try it. Maybe it'll work for me. And you know, hundreds of thousands of people, I think changed over. Uh, and, but you know, our work is not done because I, I guess it, it came out, we did it Sundance in 2018. So I think it released on Netflix at the end of 2018. And uh, for like a year, it was a, you know, it was a lot of positive. And then of course, you know, all the naysayers and the back backlash. I mean, that was of course going to happen and, and really pretty hilarious in my opinion. Nice try. But what I'm hearing now more than I ever was is, oh yeah, I saw that documentary. It was good. I, I went vegan for fill in the blank a month, two Ooh. months, three months, but I've gone back. Ooh. And I'm always, you know, it, 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 that's our data right there. So I, 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 you know, why, what, what happened? And the resounding answer is they felt amazing. They felt better. Nobody, I haven't had anyone tell me yet that they didn't notice difference or they didn't feel better, which is enormous, but I don't know. It was just kind of too hard. So as I dig deeper into that, what I find is it's really it seems to me it's this it's the social and the culture pressure that they felt. It's yeah. not them in their own homes, like not being able to find like field roast sausage and Miyoko's cheese and like plant milk. It's when they go out with their friends, right? So now people are doing that yeah. again at restaurants. They don't want to be the weird one. They don't want to be the one that's asking for something right. special. So I'm always trying to empower them saying, listen, you know, it, think about what it might feel like to stand up and be the different one and, and how empowering that, that could be because think of all the good that you're doing by putting plants instead of animals on your plate. And I've always found, especially now, uh, the servers are lovely. They'll make anything. They yeah. know what vegan is now, which is a beautiful thing because 10 years ago they, they didn't. And maybe just dip your toe out and, and be that one that's just a little bit different and be proud that you're just a little bit different. And it's, you know, make it not a big deal. It's up to you not to make it a big deal, right? Like you don't have to stand on the table and hold a sign exactly. with the 10 person party. I mean, just so the, the culture pressure, the culture, the pressure of culture is, is huge, right? We know that, but it's really, I think that's what's heavy on people. So empowering right. them that, that, that different is good. I love important. it. That's a great analysis. We got more callers. 
Um, Kim and Paula, let's start with Kim. Kim, your question or thought. Hi, thank you. Thank you both very much for all you do. And um, yes, I agree. Game Changers was awesome and I recommend it all the time. But that is a bummer to find out that some a lot of people are going back. And Mike, I can relate to that. My daughter's do not like to stand out. They were born and raised vegetarian. They don't like to be that odd man out, but they did eventually go vegan, so I'm happy about that. Um, my question for Dotsie, um, I was wondering if you, being an athlete, do you find amongst your fellow athletes that they're still, like, they've got this thing where they feel like they need their protein, you know, they need their, their meat, and are, are they slowly getting over it, or um, they, are they still stuck on that, the majority of them? Thank you. Good question. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I'm finding more and more athletes understanding the elements of protein, right? But the amino acids that it's made up of and where they can get those amino acids to, um, you know, equal that protein that they need, their, their daily requirement, uh, in plant foods. And that's, that's one of the beautiful things that the game changers did. And just to continued ed- education is people understanding that protein is not just found in animal foods. And they, they, once they get that, uh, they have the evidence and they, and they understand that, you know, it's very accessible in multiple plant foods and that combination of amino acids. They're like, okay, you know, as long as I get that, but I mean, the industry has done a great job. That's another perfect point, right? That this, this, this protein nutrient can only be found in animal foods. And they've, they've taught us that. And, you know, many have believed it for a very long time, but I'm seeing that change. They, they, if once they know they can still get their protein, whether it's, you know, some 80, 90, hundred grams a day, then they go, okay, as long as I know where I can get it. And then they realize when they're eating that much protein, let's say you're strength-based athletes and you're trying to, you know, gain muscle uh, and repair muscle, they, they realize that, oh, wow, I can gain this and I can feel uh, lighter and quicker and faster while I'm still gaining muscle, which if you're eating 100 grams of protein and it's in animal foods, because that used to be me, you literally need a nap after every single time you eat. And we eat six, at least six times a day. So that was a lot of napping and, and not a lot, a lot of, not enough training going on. So that's where they really notice. That's Eating cool. six times a day. That's the breaking news right there. I'll get <laughs> back to that in a second. Paula, your question or thought for vegan Olympian Dotsie Bausch. Hi, Dotsie. I'm Jane. Thank you for having me. Um, Dotsie, I love what you're doing. I love your website. Um, So I I really like what you say about social isolation among vegans. What about um, institutions that are not really catering to our needs? And I'm thinking specifically of hospitals. Um, (sighs) They do such a bad job of having offers that adapt to our needs. And they, I feel like they miss the point of ethical vegans. They think it's a choice. So they're bringing you food and thinking, okay, well, you can still eat it, right? When it's like, no, I can't. And also when you're whole food plant-based, they don't understand the difference between the two of them. How would you suggest yeah. or in your experience, how have you approached um, kind of enlightening? I mean, it, 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 it's a huge, huge issue. And I know it's much bigger than one person sitting there saying, oh, you know, this. Um, how do we as a movement start to start the conversation yeah well switch for good is we're working in um in schools 
and with the U.S. dietary guidelines and uh, changing the milk note requirements. So that's where our focus has been. We have not shifted to hospitals. This is interesting, though, what you bring up, because we know that uh, a law went into effect through via social compassion legislation um, that it is required that a vegan option is available in all hospitals and prisons in the state of California. And it went into effect January of 2020. So I had a dear friend who had a uh, heart attack, a head injury uh, as a result because he was on his bike when he had the heart attack. Um, Last fall, we're in the hospital. He's out cold, so he's being fed through a feeding tube. And he is a way longer than I am, 23-year vegan. I mean, strict, has not touched dairy in 23 years. And I asked the nurse, no, what's in the bag? Oh, it's a bunch of dairy, of course. I said, you know, he's a vegan for 23 years and, and it's, this can make him really sick. Well, the, the day after that, he started aspirating. Um, so, you know, go, go figure. So they, 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 they were very frustrated because A, well, I was frustrated A because they didn't know that law. It was a major hospital in Southern California in Mission Viejo. No, no idea that that law had passed in January of 2020. So this is nine months later, 10 months later, because it was last fall. So there's that. And then when we asked for a vegan alternative, uh, they, they said the dietitian was really frustrated because she said it's not going to give them enough calories. I said, it's literally the law that you provide them a vegan, him a vegan alternative that is calorically as dense as the dairy. Like that is a requirement if somebody's going to have to be on a feeding tube. So what I've learned through that journey, and we've called a bunch of different hospitals in California, like just, you know, to, to, to randomly just to see uh, n- none of them so far. So, so it, is a, it is a multi-layered issue. You can pass laws, but then they have to be implemented. And who does that work? Who's that person at the USDA? It, it, so, it, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm making it worse, but it is, a, it is a very big problem. Part of the problem is the resistance and also... Yeah. The fact that our institutions are essentially co-opted by the meat and dairy and pharmaceutical industry. The USDA is run by Tom Vilsack, who is a, he was the head of a a dairy trade group, uh, making a massive salary until he took uh, the job at the USDA. And prior to being the head of the dairy trade group, he was the USDA secretary under Obama. So it, it's this cycle of yeah. these industry people coming through. And um, it's, it's a huge issue. I had a similar experience with somebody who had um, a very serious illness that's the result of a fall. Remember, when we go to the doctor, if you have a sprained toe, they're going to try to make it about the fact that you're a vegan. Now, that <laughs> is changing. That is changing. Um, a physician's committee for responsible medicine has, I, I, I want to get the exact figure, but the number of doctors and medical professionals that are signing on, it's extraordinary. It's skyrocketing. And their entire mission is to educate doctors because doctors get precious little education in nutrition. Basically, our system is set up uh, as a profit center, death for the animals, disease for humans, and destruction for the planet. I didn't say that. Dr. Silas Rao, a Stanford-educated PhD who is, uh, runs Climate Healers, uh, described it that way. You can't make money off a disease that never happened. You can't 
profit off a stent operation that didn't occur. So it's not designed to prevent people from getting sick. It's designed to treat people once they get sick. And uh, there's, there's some slight change now occurring, but follow the money in every case. So you're absolutely right. A campaign is absolutely needed to let hospitals know because I just had a similar experience with a friend. And what they'll do is the dietitians who are overwhelmingly not vegan will try to argue that there's no way that they can fulfill it. Um, in one yeah. case, they, there was a, uh, the dietitian uh, purportedly, allegedly, according to the patient who's my friend said, oh, well, we can't do that because we'd have to get a different blender and the blender would not touch dairy. And the person said, no, I, I just want, uh, give me a smoothie without dairy. And so they create all these different hurdles and obstacles to make it like impossible. So, you know, there's a lot of ways for people to mess with a law. But I agree with you that letting everybody know, because California, if it were a nation, would be the fifth largest economy in the world. Once California hospitals get on board with this, then the rest of the world will probably follow Dotsie. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. And you know, one bright light, uh, and we'll see how it unfolds, but I mentioned our milk note earlier, our work early on milk on getting milk note removed, because as you know, we got soy milk as stated as um, deemed nutritionally equivalent to cow's milk in the dietary guidelines, you know, for, for that, that came out oh, the end that. of last year. Write that down because that's huge. And not everybody knows that. Right. Well, true. Okay. So, it, the, I mean, I think most people know that the dietary guidelines um, have, have pushed three servings of dairy a day forever. Uh, they still do. Um, and that, you know, it's a, it's an integral part of a healthy diet, according to the, the dietary guidelines. Uh, but we worked really hard last year for over, it was over a year uh, campaign and, and, and speaking to the dietary guidelines, I, I got to have two presentations that I was able to do on Zoom and one in person in Washington. Um, obviously, our main ask was to remove dairy, and we didn't win that and didn't have delusions that that was going to happen. But we, you know, the dietary guidelines has come out really strongly this time uh, against saturated fat and <laughs> the largest source of saturated fat in the American diet is dairy. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not talking, the hands aren't talking to each other, but um, what we did get done is um, that they deemed uh, soy milk nutritionally equivalent uh, to dairy, meaning they were looking for something that would be the same in terms of um, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So the macronutrients for all of the children, the 40, there's 41 million children in the WIC program, and they only get meals, breakfast, and lunch at school. They don't get dinner. So I, I did understand that they wanted to find a plant milk, although all plant milks are delicious. They all don't have um, that, uh, that high amount of protein that soy milk does uh, and, and, and fat and carbohydrates. So at least we got that pushed through. So now what we're working on uh, is getting uh, the government to make the, to make the USDA to make regulatory changes that match what the dietary guidelines have just put out. Uh, that uh, soy milk is nutritionally equivalent, and how much dairy milk hurts uh, children of minorities and makes them sick. And so they need to be able to not only offer soy milk in all public schools, but also offer it to the schools at the same reimbursement as cow's milk, because that's the problem, right? They, some of them offer it, but it's not the same reimbursement. So we started this journey with your friend, Jane, uh, Tom Vilsack, 
And um, he wrote back last week and not a form. Like he specifically went through a couple of points of our letter. Um, now, I'm not delusional that like, oh, but he he's definitely had some run-ins, let's say, on the on the on the race issue in in his in his history. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if if this realization uh, is, is able to to finally get the USDA to to listen to this and and really make soy actually readily available for all of the children. And we have Vice President Kamala Harris, who is quote unquote dabbling in veganism and had said at one point visiting a Las Vegas vegan restaurant that she was it's right before sit before 6 p.m. Um, and you have Cory Booker, of course, you've got Adam Schiff. Now you have Eric Adams, who is likely uh, going to be the next mayor of New York City. All these people are vegan, plant-based. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're seeing those kinds of changes. Kimmy is on hold. Your question or thought for vegan Olympian Dotsie Bausch. Kimmy. Oh, my gosh, Dotsie. I actually met you a few years ago when I was working with an under-23 pro cycling team, and you're amazing. Oh. You're an amazing athlete. You're an amazing human. Um, I would love to get involved with Switch for Good. And in particular, I do a lot of nutrition coaching and whole food plant-based meal prep. And I had a personal experience with my mom at UCSD where they had that same issue. When I said she eats whole food plant-based, they were like, oh, well, we can give her potatoes and we might have green beans. Like, it was crazy. So I would love to like fill that hole, that gap where the hospitals don't know what to do. And I don't know if there's a way that we can work together, but how would I get in touch with you to do that? Yeah, just just email me. It's pretty easy. It's just .dotsy at switchforgood.org. One of our team members is is almost entirely focused on uh, the school aspect. Um, But so, yeah, I'll I'll hook you guys up and and you can charge, charge forward because we need all the help we can get. Power and numbers. Awesome. And what you're doing in schools is phenomenal. No, well, keep your fingers crossed. We're not totally there yet, but I I think I think we're gonna win. Great. Take care and good luck competing. (laughs) Sorry. Dotsie at switchforgood.org. Yeah. .org. Dotsie at switchforgood.org. Hopefully. Perfect. Thank you, Jane. Yeah, thank you. That's exciting. It's gotta be a team effort. Dotsie yeah. can't do it alone. Now tell me about some of the other Olympians who are um, working with you. I watched a PSA where you had several Olympians who were basically ex- explaining the same facts that you're explaining. Uh, how many of these Olympians do you have on your team, your switch for good team? Well, I have found it to be so exciting. The athletes, the amount of athletes that are competing in Tokyo uh, that are vegan or dairy free. I mean, yeah, in my years, I I mean, I don't think there was anyone. I mean, not that they got anyone talked about, you know what I mean? I was like the lone wolf. So it's, it's so exciting to see uh, and, and some of them I've been surprised by. I didn't even realize that they were. And I chuckle because, you know, athletes are always, uh, seem to be fairly secretive about uh, their performance hacks, right? Like if you figure something out that's making you even 1% faster, you don't necessarily want to share it with anybody from the outside world, maybe not even your teammates, right? That you're competing against to make the team. So uh, I I am starting to, to feel like that's happening potentially with plant-based because I'm learning of some athletes that are 
entirely plant-based and they've never said anything before, you know, like it hasn't been, um, the, I got the honor, uh, and the joy to announce the Olympic team for USA cycling. And I'm interviewing, uh, freestyle BMX racer, Paris Benegas, who was a former world champion, uh, it, it just incredible athlete. Freestyle BMX is new in Olympics in Tokyo in 2020. So she's, she's going for gold, has a that? great shot. What is what? that? It's crazy is what it is. It's, I would die if I did one of the flips, I would land on my head and die. It's oh. so there's, there, there's racing BMX, right? Which was, has always been in the Olympics or for quite some time where they just, the gate goes down and they're on the little BMX bikes, right? And they're on one gear, like we are on the track and they just race straight up, up and down, up and down, turn up and down, up and down to the finish line. Freestyle BMX is kind of like freestyle skateboarding, if you will, like the, you know, if, if anybody watched Sean White back in the day, so it is like verts and ramps and tubes and, you know, this crazy course and you, you go out alone and you do tricks. So you flip upside down, you, you know, oh go up in the air and spin your butt. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, I, I can't even wrap my head around it, but it's really fun to watch. So I'm interviewing Paris, how excited she is to be announced to the Olympic team. And uh, I asked her if there was anything that she did over the last 12 months to just really bring her game up one more notch as she prepares for Tokyo 2020. And out of nowhere, she goes, well, I went whole food plant-based. Woo! And I was like, what? And the producers are in both of our ears, right? Because we're, and all, both producers who know me well, they go, oh boy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a minute with this and y'all can shut up. And <laughs> I want to I know more about this. So she was like, and she's, you know, she's 25 and, you know, really just an incredible athlete. So the Tokyo 2020 Olympians that are uh, vegan plant-based, there's Mickey Papa skateboarding. He's U.S. There's Kaylin Whitney, 400 meter relay. Uh, Vivian Kong in fencing. Uh, Victoria Stambau in taekwondo. Paris Benegas in freestyle BMX. Uh, Allie Riley, she's New Zealand for soccer. Alex Morgan, tons of people know soccer. Sue Bird is entirely dairy-free. Everybody knows who Sue Bird is, the basketball player. Um, Mark Cavendish, uh, road cycling. So it, it, and there's, I'm sure there's more, like I said, I think some of them are keeping the secret to themselves, but uh, so those are all the, the uh, Olympians that we'll be highlighting and ones that you can cheer for that are, that are vegan or dairy-free. So let's talk about you and why you decided to make this your mission. You have enough on your plate. Uh, I always ask you anytime I see you at an event, did you bike here? <laughs> I think that's funny, but no, you are obviously in incredible shape. You work out constantly and you took it upon yourself to start this nonprofit Switch for Good, which has been such a powerful force uh, to... Uh, in alerting people and educating people that dairy-free is the way to achieve optimal health. Uh, why you? Why not? Uh, I, I, I honestly, Jane, and you, you kind of know this origin story, but I just, I had a moment when I was watching the 2018 Olympic trials and the dairy commercials were coming on in droves. And I just had this moment where I thought, God, what? you know, somebody really needs to stand up. Somebody needs to say something. Somebody needs to tell the truth. Like this is, this just cannot continue. Um, it, it's, it's, it's killing people. And then I was, I, 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 I give some credit to my husband because we were having a conversation later that night and he's like, maybe it should be you, you know, and we, a lot of, so many people that, you know, start organizations or are fighting for a cause, uh, you know, 
you'll hear their story and it's similar where you just kind of have this epiphany like, okay, I guess it's me. I mean, I, I, no one else is doing it. And this has, this is so important and this has to be um, brought forward. And so it really, it started that way. And, and honestly, I was pissed to be, to be truthful. I was so sick of all the dairy inundation of all the athletes at the training centers. I knew it was all still going on. And so, you know, that activist in me just kind of rose up and it, it, it started as a middle finger. Really? We started real angry and mad. Like our first logo at switch for good was like the, like the black lives matter hand crushing a milk carton. Cause we <laughs> wanted to find a really like, you know, strong, angry hand. And it was, and then it was like, okay, that might be a little, a little strong. It's not very positive. And, you know, we switched to wings, but um, it, yeah, it's, it start, it's, that's how it started. And you also have a podcast. Not only were you in the Game Changers, uh, but you have done a TEDx talk or a TED talk. And uh, you also have a podcast. Uh, tell us about your podcast. Yeah, uh, the podcast is a blast. I hosted alongside Alexandra Paul. Uh, everyone, Jane has been a guest and her episode is uh, consistently one of the most popular. You have to listen to it because you guys probably want to know a lot more behind Jane Blaise Mitchell than she lets on on the show. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gorgeous episode, one of my favorites. And uh, it's growing rapidly. And I just, I love doing it with Alexandra. It's my bud. She's my buddy. And I, I don't think I'd want to do it alone. We just have a great time and uh, yes. talk about all sorts of important issues. And she's an amazing activist, former Baywatch star oh on many TV yeah. shows, but also rested numerous times. I've caught her a couple of times uh, live as she's left a protest and uh, obviously conscientious uh, uh, protester. Uh, yeah. And where can people catch that podcast? It's called Switch for Good. So switch the number for good. So every single place you could look for, you know, just the podcaster that you use. And it's just Switch for Good podcast. Yeah. And, you know, this is how it's spreading. We're all doing an end run around mainstream media because mainstream media is advertiser based. And that is primarily and you can judge it for yourself. Yes, there's car commercials and insurance commercials, but primarily it's meat, dairy and pharmaceuticals. And mm -hmm. so fast food restaurants. Uh, uh, and so they're they pay the bills. So, no, they're not going to sit around talking about how dairy isn't good for you. This is. Even during the pandemic, you, you had uh, um, where COVID was sweeping the slaughterhouses. They will never use the word slaughterhouse. They use the word meatpacking. I know. It's less, they will yeah. not use that word. So we have to realize that mainstream media is not this objective media source as long as it's advertiser based. And that's why these podcasts are popping up. Um, and we're doing essentially a podcast right now. You're doing yeah. a podcast. And uh, so many people I talk to are doing a podcast. We are achieving with just our numbers, yeah. each person going out there, uh, what these mainstream media uh, in very small number of mainstream media outlets mm -hmm. are achieving with their huge audiences. We're trying to make up by yeah. literally um, using all the platforms available. So uh, that that really is, I think, the uh, the secret because the younger generation is not even watching those major television networks. They're, yeah. they're getting everything yeah. off of this. Yeah. And this is going very plant-based. So mm -hmm. <laughs> where's the age gap? Uh, first of all, you 
uh, had an age aspect to your story when you won an Olympic medal. And uh, you were, even though you're very young, you were the oldest. Tell us about that. And tell us about what's happening generationally, because I think that that is a big part of the story. Yeah, I think kids are not waking up and drinking a glass of milk like they did on Leave it to Beaver anymore. No, no, this you're right. This is this is what is 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 really is really changing things generation generationally. I got to tell you, five minutes before I popped on with you. Um, I'm doing uh, KTLA tomorrow morning and my PR person comes through with an email and they said, you know, they'd rather like not say dairy is bad because there's a lot of moms watching. And I was like, I'm like furiously writing back before I get on with you. Like, this is a teachable moment. What do you mean? They Like, we have to talk to them about what, why would mother, anyway, it, 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 it just, there's that. And I'm positive that the age range of the producer there is, my age, probably, you know, maybe a little younger, but not 20. Uh, and so, you know, she had this fear like, oh, gosh, OK, don't any say thing too much bad about dairy. Let's just talk about vegan. And I do find that like the sensitivities around dairy are real. People will talk about dropping meat way before they want to talk about, you know, t- taking out dairy because they still have this um, notion that there's something, there's some magic potion in dairy that you can't get from any other food. So I'm going to, you know, toss it around tomorrow, but trust me, I'm getting it in, even if they, you know, shut me down. Cause it's like that, that's where it's needed, right? That's where it's needed. Cause I, I feel like it is, it's, it's my, it's your age, my age, we're, we're close. Um, that just, it's like, they've just been fed the lie for so long. Right. Well, that it's, it's, it's harder for that generation to like back, back out of, um, and yeah. into the truth. I can relate. I was in mainstream media for 38 years. So you can, know. you can imagine, but things did change. I, at first, um, cause I've been vegan, I'd say probably quarter of a century, 25 years approximately. Okay. Yeah. I wish I had my date the way I have my sobriety date, which is 26 years. And I know it was shortly after that, that I met Howard Lyman, the fourth generation cattle yes. rancher yeah. Yeah. Uh, who went vegan, revealed the secrets on Oprah. And uh, then Oprah ended up getting sued. This is literally a quarter of a century ago, but she won. And uh, he came and he said, I was a vegetarian. I interviewed him when I was a local news anchor. And afterwards he came up and he said, I, I hear you're a vegetarian. Do you eat dairy? And I hung my head and I said, yes, because she had just talked about the baby calves being ripped away from their mothers, the boys being left to die or shot or put, put in veal crates, the, yeah. the mothers being sent off to be turned into hamburgers after a couple of years when they're considered spent, all the, the terrible food they're fed. And, it, it, and he looked at me and he said, put his finger right in my nose and he said, liquid meat. And at that moment, I went vegan. I never looked back. And you know what? It takes Powerful. a couple of, it takes a couple of, there's a, there's a reason why rehab is 28 days. It takes a couple of weeks for your taste buds to adjust. I used to love Parmesan cheese. About two weeks later, I was at a restaurant. They accidentally put Parmesan cheese in my salad. I tasted it. I spat it out. It tasted horrible to me because my taste buds had reverted back to factory settings. So, but, but things have changed so radically since then. And just to wrap up uh, the other day, I got an email or a text from somebody from years ago saying you were very prescient with your advocacy of veganism. In other words, now that it's making money with Beyond Meat and Oatly and all these public, now there's, 
if it starts making money, the mainstream establishment will start to accept it. Yes. So let's hope that yes. it continues to make a lot of money. Dotsie, we have one minute. Your final yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Well, since you just said that, I think it is go to the grocery store and try something you've never tried in the vegan section and encourage one friend to do the same. Just try it out. If you don't like it, move on to something else. But we have got to start getting that, first of all, that vegan section, right? Just like they did with milk, where now plant-based milks are in the cow's milk section. All of those extraordinary cheeses, especially vegan cheeses over in the dairy case. So if you put the pressure on them because that is selling out, guess what? It's going to show up in the dairy case for everyone to see. So that's the challenge. Go buy something you've never bought in the vegan case and challenge one friend to do the same and share. Share how delicious it is. Dotsie Bash, vegan Olympian, Olympic cyclist founder of switchforgood.org. Get involved. Go to switchforgood.org. And there are so many campaigns. And it's a fun, it's a fun campaign. I mean, we are just making the world healthier thanks to Dotsie Bausch. Love talking to you. Carry on. Good luck. Thank tomorrow. you. That was so fun. <laughs> All Bye, right, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Music.